you. Good morning, everyone. Who thought Peter? Who thought? Uh, thank you, Will. Who thought John was pulling a Peter move, running out the door there? <laughs> if you don't know, when I was uh, new here, I would run out that door like so fast. First one, I didn't even let you guys say hi to me. So, um, with a handful of meesters. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. It's my bad. <clears throat> it's fine. Just don't do it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's coffee. It's not all for me. So. Um, it is all for me, but I'll share it. Uh, and, uh, man, it's good to see you guys. Um, there's still probably some, uh, uh, just a few who are sick, so we'll pray for them. And, you know, let's just let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for our people here. We thank you for even the odd uh, encounters with people who think it's a coffee kitchen at this time. Um, but we just thank you for opportunity. And, Lord, create more of them um, as we are visioning, moving forward, planning, dreaming, um, there's a lot on our minds, and we just trust you. You're, you're going to take care of that. We just, like Charlotte just said, we just trust you, and uh, we believe in you. We believe what, in what you're doing here. So we thank you. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Well, everyone, um, today we're going to cover from Matthew 15, and uh, we're going to continue the Clash series. Uh, I did listen to the uh, previous podcast, and... Today we're going to talk about simply trend versus tradition. Let's go to the next slide. Um, it will probably be hard to see that, but, um, you know, the church has been around for a while now, right? Probably around 2,000 years, a little more. And I found it interesting as I was studying the history of the church, um, we meet like this with the speakers up here and just, just a thought, like, everyone's kind of watching. It used to be in a circle, a lot of them. It was very close-knit, familial type of gathering. That's why, for me, even, that was out of the church, you know, ministry world, then out of the church for a few years, had a bad, had a lot of baggage from ministry work. That's why it was even hard for me to gather like this. It was too close. It was small, intimate. That's why I was running out the doors until John said, hey, can you just stay around? For a little bit, go eat with us. We're not going to attack you. But I, I just saw. Yeah, I found some interesting churches. The picture on the top right there. I don't. I don't know if you can see that. Is a, a Catholic church. Uh, they had a lot of power in the Middle Ages. Down below, Vladimir the Great. He actually spread Christianity in Russia. Um, so he was a king, and like Constantine, uh, spread Christianity after he was baptized. Next slide. So last, if you remember, first one we covered deconstruction versus devotion. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Um, it was new to me, too, that there is a way to do deconstruction but not, you know, do it the way where somebody had left the faith. It's just really assessing where you're at and, and trying to discover what is to be a true follower. <laughs> Next up, yeah. And then you guys talked about this last week, therapeutic gospel versus the true gospel, which, again, in essence, Therapeutic gospel was so popular in the West. It was. It, it, it's not from recent. It's actually from a while ago. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how can we make uh, ourselves feel better? How can we be the main point? And John talked about, hey, it's, it's all about Jesus. If, if there's anything we do up here, we're always trying to point it back to Jesus. Yeah. So um, next click. And today we're coming through. Uh, next, uh, one more click. One more. <laughs> um, I found some funny... Man, there's so many funny memes about churches today. That right there, when you hit that high note in worship service, that guy's just eyes closed. And Next. Um, obviously, we 
you know, there's some believers that are very, very against holidays. I'm not opposed to a Christmas tree or a pumpkin, but some believers are like, man, you can't even do that. Even, you know, that's all paganism. Um, Who Sound of Music? I love that movie. I would never admit it. I just did. But I love that movie. <laughs> How I feel when we do a worship set. <laughs> that, I, I, was, I was dying laughing. Um, what mom thinks I do, what youth thinks I do, what, I can't even, what? Uh, what seniors think I do, what pastor thinks, what I think I do, that's Michael W. Smith, OG worship leader. And then you, you just look funny, what what I actually do, so. Uh, next slide. Some very funny signs, you guys probably can't read it, so I'll just, um, too hot to keep changing signs. Sin, bad, Jesus, good, details inside. What? Uh, Adam Eve, the first people to not read the apple terms and conditions. Oh. <laughs> Forgive your enemies, it messes with their heads. So they're just, just very funny you know, church. I, I appreciate that because these churches probably have a hard time being relevant and trying to relate to people. So they're going to have a funny sign. It probably draws a few members every year. Stop, drop, roll. It won't work in hell. <laughs> COVID shook everything up, right? Thou shalt not COVID thy neighbor's life wear a mask. <laughs> um, COVID really shook us up, right? I mean, some services are still affected by that. Uh, do you spend... Will's going to amen this. Do you spend your time with God's book or Facebook? Amen. 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 Come on. Let's go. Um, so let's turn to Matthew 15. We're gonna, we've talked a little bit how the church has changed, formed, and how we meet today. So let's turn to Matthew 15. That's in the ESV. We're going to cover the first 20 verses. Just read with me there. Verse 1. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. So this is the religious leaders coming all the way to meet Jesus. He can never get a break. His word about it is spreading like a wildfire. People have already observed miracles and they're following him. And they, they point out that he, and he answered them. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Wow. For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you. When he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. From Isaiah 29, 13, for further study. Verse 10, and he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. And the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? It's a funny statement. He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to them, 
said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, are you still also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Let's go back to the first part of what Jesus is saying. If we go next slide. You guys have heard of Pharisees often with religious authority. They were uh, usually landowners or traders. They had a lot of weight in this hierarchical structure, and they believed in the resurrection. So they were different from Sadducees. We don't hear a lot about scribes, but why this is very poignant in this part is these were masters of the law. They could write up statements and correct you and, and give you this bill. So the scribes here um, were people who were learned in the Jewish law. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you here to learn it today? Are you here to learn it today? <laughs> if, I, if I heard, if someone told me I was a learned man, there would be a sense of pride. So these are people who knew they were Jewish teachers, religious teachers. They were secretaries. They knew the law in and out. They spent their whole lives learning. Um, let's go next. Scribes had, oh, scribes had knowledge of the law and could draft legal documents, contracts for marriage, divorce, loans, inheritance. That's why Jesus bring up the father-mother example. Mortgages, the sale of land, and the like. Every village had at least one scribe. Next, next slide. Um, Jesus, before we get to that, uh, there's a reason why Jesus brought up uh, that these people who were so learned in the law, right, had so much knowledge that they put such a weight on man-made law over God's commands. Uh, there were people, religious leaders, that would forsake their parents. They would, they, it, it, they would basically throw them to the side and they wouldn't give up their possessions for their parents. And they were doing that because they were selfish, they were all about gain. They were all about, no, this is all mine. I don't even have to take care of my parents. Which Jesus is like, really? You're, you're going to break one of the commandments, but you guys are experts of the law? So he goes on and he brings up this example of what is clean and unclean, right? What defiles a person. Um, this is very, very important because in this time, there were like nine variations of washing your hands. Yeah, it was to the, at least the mid-knuckle. There was an urn that you had to wash. And uh, when you woke up, when you went to bed, before you ate bread, that was the most important. Um, and just read with me. I took this from the Jewish virtual library. The washing of hands is required before eating a meal at which bread is served. One reason for hand washing is purely mundane, to clean them before eating. The origin of this law, however, is biblical. Taking it back, this is you know from the Pentateuch. It's, it, it was still a tradition for them. Moses was commanded to make a copper lever and to place it at the entrance to the altar area so that Aaron and his sons could wash their hands before approaching the altar to offer sacrifices. So important because for the priest who was already unclean, but to cleanse himself before touching the sacrifice, that's why hand washing was so important. Verse 20 concludes, And it shall be for them a statute forever. The washing of hands makes them ritually pure, this symbolic expression of washing away impurity from one's hands dates back to temple times 
when the priests, as described above with Aaron, devoted their lives to the temple and its sacrificial system. Before performing any ritual, a Kohen was required to wash his hands, making himself pure and ready to offer a sacrifice. How many of you guys wash your hands every day? I hope every, <laughs> everyone. How many of you guys wash multiple times? I'm always shocked. I've even seen people from Costco, hospital, schools. And, you know, you're stepping aside at the sink because you're like, they're probably going to wash their hands. And they just walk past you. And they're proud of it, too. It's like they nod at you. I'm like, bro, you're going to wash your hands? And then, then some of them go back to cook or something. It's, it's disgusting. So I, I hope we're, as, as we enter the cold flu season, let's, let's be, you know, let's wash our hands. But, but there's, amen. But there's something very important about this. Jesus now, who as a believer, when you put your faith and trust in him, you believe in one cent for all, he is the sacrifice. That you can approach the Father because Jesus has made that axis away, right? But people to this day in Israel, Orthodox, modern Jews, still do this very important hand-washing ceremony. Again, there's like nine variations. You can be excommunicated for not washing your hands. That's like, hey, you didn't use hand sanitizer? Get out of here. Go, go, do, go do jujitsu. Go do <laughs> no, no, that's, that's biblical jujitsu. It's different. Next, next slide. The, the process of this hand washing ceremony is called netilat yadaim. Everyone say netilat yadaim. Good job. Literally means taking up of the hands. Rabbinic law requires that travelers go as far as four biblical miles. Did you know there's biblical miles? To obtain water for washing prior to eating bread if there is a known water source there. How many of you guys would walk four miles to wash your hands? It's, it's ridiculous, but these were the laws. Jewish history, thousands upon thousands of laws that they made. There were two versions of, what am I thinking of? Why am I blanking out? The, anyway, the ancient Jewish book. There, there's even two versions of that. Thousands of thousands of laws upon the Torah. And yeah, people would genuinely go as far as, again, four bit. It's just a centric. It's just a measurement at, at that time. But it was very important. It is perform, performed as soon as one wakes up and also before eating bread. Because usually when you wake up, you're... What do you do before, right after you wake up? You just wash up, take a shower. Um, just for the sake of the sermon, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it outside of the sermon, but we touch our body parts, right? <laughs> we, we, we touch areas, and, and, and this was important to them because, again, it was this act of, I'm going to cleanse myself before I approach, before I worship, before I touch the Lord, before I eat his food. Um, here's some pictures of, little children that are taught from birth, you know, there's that area where they gather around, they put it in a kind of urn-looking thing, they put water in there, and that dad's probably like, hurry up and do this. We've got to go to a grocery store soon there. Uh, go back to the slide there. Um, those are, that's an older picture on the bottom right, where, again, the same tradition that they were doing now is carried to this day. Um, the kid up there is ha- happily doing it. Maybe he's confused, but again, it's it's ingrained and it's very religious, very strict. Um, anyone knows what uh, Hebrews 10 talks about, the author of Hebrews in, in chapter 10? Or oh, the author of Hebrews. Um, you can go to the verse. 
Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full insurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. You would think, uh, going back to Matthew 15, that these people who understood, prepared their whole lives studying the law, and I, still, I, I don't know why I'm still blanking on the compendium of laws, what, um, not just the Torah, but <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'm, I'm blanking there, but they spent their whole lives studying, right? They were researchers. They knew how to debate these things. Yet Jesus points out the hypocrisy that they could know the law so well but forget what it's all pointing to, what the main point of the law is. And he brings up something in Isaiah. Jesus also quoted scriptures back. That probably upset the religious leaders. And he brings up where Isaiah said, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is from me, far from me. So when we come to church, a lot of us still, even believers will carry this mindset of, I'm here because I broke the law this week. I'm here because I messed up. I need cleansing. I need, I need to confess. And we forget that we're here, we gather, and we learn from one another because it's not just the law that we broke. It's, we broke the heart of God. That God has a heart for you, and he created you to have a heart. And we already understand that Jesus has now been the perfect sacrifice. He's been our priest. He allows us access because he's washed us. Not this act of constantly washing your hands till death. Um, he's made the way. And it angered Jesus. In the, in the next part, um, it's funny, there's, there's a part where it says, uh, Peter approached him and he's, uh, he says to Jesus, Hey, did you know you made them mad? By you saying this in the illustration, you, you really upset them. And Jesus, again, brings up this parable. Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. And he brings up this example of blind leading the blind and both leading to death. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. Uh, Jesus brings up an interesting illustration that, you know, we eat, and (laughs) it comes out. It's just part of the natural. When you go back home today, you can say you talked about uh, uh, bowel movements, but it comes out. But what's most important is, and John is a good example of this when we're up here. When we're up here, we're, we're, we're no masters, or we're, not, we're no experts of mastering the law or living it out perfectly every day. At the end of the day, we are lustful, sinful, broken men that only hold to Jesus, that he is our everything, that he is our foundation. And Jesus talks about, you can say, you can curse, you can do things, but what really is, what really it is, is those are symptoms of a sick heart, a heart that needs changing, a heart that needs cleansing. Let's look at the next verse. James, we covered James for a while. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Next slide. So what now, 
Um, some of us still have a tendency probably when we come here, especially for those who are newer in faith, we might come here with this mindset of still of, hey, I, I'm going to church because I want to be better. I've heard that from people who have like served the church, the local ministry for maybe decades, who say, hey, I'm going to church because I feel like I'm doing my part. And then, you know, I just go to a new week and then just get ready for the. We come here again because we are examples and we're grateful that we can gather. And it's no longer us sacrificing a goat, a lamb. It's no longer us trying to perfectly wash ourselves, even though we'll get polluted, right? Just for going out. We gather here because we're grateful and we look forward to the perfect restoration of everything. We're no longer, we won't have sin, yes. right? We won't have broken hearts. We'll, have, we'll be like the Lord who we're created in his image, right? So this is just some personal application. Um, is the way you actually... Oh, um, you guys can read that, right? Uh, let, me just, let me just read it out. It's supposed to be a lot bigger. Uh, that's, that's on me. Is the way that you worship actually keeping yourself and others from knowing Jesus? Some of us can read so well and teach so well and sing so well. But are you approachable as other believers are looking at you as an example? And are there things where you just do for the sake of tradition, you don't do it because you have the right heart? Next next small point. What traditions or trends do you hold on to that are actually not biblical, scriptural, or Christ-centered at all? I think um, growing up in church, right, we've heard some funny things, especially in the Korean church. Um, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, the more services you go to, the more holy you become. You know, so Korean church will have like three, four services. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I'm like sleeping by the second one. I can already see it on some of your guys' eyes. But some people just, they're so rigorous and devoted. But it's like, you don't, is there really change? Next small point, what are some unhealthy habits that are actually making you sick or ill? A lot of people burn out in ministry. A lot of people leave the church, and you will hear their reasons. I've heard a lot of even pastors, uh, even who have gone before me, senior pastors, who have said, I just got tired. I got burned out. People didn't like me. People didn't listen to me. My marriage, all these different things. And then you ask, it's like, well, did you really get to just know your people? Or was it the expectations, the, the pressures of ministry that made you leave? Right? Are you rooted in the word of God or the laws of man? What is your foundation on Christ's finished work or your own accomplishments? People who are so into their camps, tribes, denominations, you'll hear them, again, know their denomination in and out. What we do, our camp, our theology, our leadership. And it's like, okay, where's the talk about Jesus though? Is he the senior leader in your movement? Is he the senior pastor? Or is it around one guy or one leader? What's awesome about church today, a lot of the trend is it's a community of leaders. Because that's so much for one man, one woman, one leader to bear. So leaders that are raising leaders now, it seems like that's what's captivating, especially young people. That's why people like Tim Keller swept. These professionals, doctors, lawyers, teachers, he was able to just bring them in and create so many house churches through a redeemer. Next point. 
Do you know of Jesus? Or do you know Jesus? Next point. Or do you really know him? Guys, I just want to conclude with some of us are here and some of us know of Jesus. Some some of us really still don't know the Lord. And here's the funny part. You can do all the Bible studies, all the devotions, but God is really waiting for us to just open our hearts to him. Can't work with you if we're closed off. Some of you guys can be sitting here and we're still closed off. We'll just do our 15-minute thing and then we'll just go to a new week. The Lord wants your heart. That's the best place to be at. Anyone like to eat here? I don't have to ask this church. You guys have made me eat better and better, uh, right? So as much as we understand food, nourishment, it's so important to us, the Word of God is as well. And you don't have to study it in the Greek or the Hebrew like a lot of us do when we try to teach, but just spending time with him, asking the Lord first, what does this mean, Lord? Can you show me? I don't want to look at a commentary or this. I just want you to teach me. I just talked with a friend. I'm going to close with this uh, pastor friend, Calvary Chapel pastor. Known him for a while. And I, I, it's just, yeah. I don't have, some of these friends that I studied with and did ministry together are not leaders anymore. And it breaks my heart because some of them were so influential in my life. Um, and I feel like sometimes leaders get caught up in that expectation that pressure and it's just like dude i'm at now i don't care maybe when i was 21 try to make the best sermon (laughs) now it's like really it's just about getting to know your people and when i say i love talking about jesus with people i genuinely do now it's not to see them get saved it's just man you know what the lord can do for you he's that amazing and a friend i have a senior pastor friend he retired now and you know, especially in the 60s, 70s, economy growing again. And he was in construction. He made a lot of money. And he also uh, was a weed smoker. He smoked the blunt every day as he enjoyed the sunset. And one day he just looked at it, he said, and said, there has to be something that created that sun. And it just, it just, it made him marvel. And he became a pastor and he retired after decades of ministry. And sometimes we just got to get back to something so simple. Like, we don't need all the right answers now. We don't need to surround us, surround ourselves with experts of the law, people who know the Bible in and out. We just need people who are open and honest. And my friend there, after he saw that sunset, and he was just marveled, he just picked up a Bible and just started reading. Some of, some of us need to just do that. Just, just read. So we see how Jesus, uh, throughout the Gospels, he lived, he ministered, he loved and he discipled his people. And some of us don't need the latest fad or tools or hundreds of followers on Instagram. Just just small handful of people can shake this area that we live in. Jesus says his yoke is easy and burden is light. And he's the one worth living for. Let's pray.